Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Caravan Central Wisdom Hour, number 38. What's up, everybody? I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans, Louisiana. As opposed to Alaska. <laughs> and this is the fabulous tea coming to you live from New Jersey. Not old Jersey, but New Jersey. The newest Jersey. The most newest. Most what newest. up, America? What up, world? What up, universe? Big shout out to Schwen in Sweden. That's a, that's a Ron Burgundy thing. At the end of uh, Anchorman. Uh-huh. We'll see you again tomorrow, universe, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, why didn't the share automatically? Okay, come on. Come on. Episode 38, we still don't have the audio worked out. We got the audio. We don't have the sh- sharing worked out. Share on Facebook. All right. Come. All right. What do I want to say? Join us live now. Share on now. Facebook. Sunny and share. What's the Facebook? Oh, all right. Public? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not on my timeline. This is supposed to happen automatically. <sighs> yeah, come on. You're taking away valuable wisdom time. I think there's some wisdom in this. Of learning. Yes, the wisdom to l- be Learning found. to set this up ahead Go of time. Podcast by yourself. You need, you need a crew. Set it up ahead of time. Jeez Louise. Uh, there's some people out there. And did you get my text that I sent you um, last week? I did. You did. You did not respond to it. Didn't um, it depends on which text you're mentioning. I'm, I'm talking. All oh right. So, right. This is shared. I'm talking about the guy who said he's binge listening, binging on. Wizard Great Island. podcast. Binged a lot and been waiting for the latest one. Yes. Just wanted to say thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for listening. Yeah. So, 
I've gotten a few of those messages, things like that, from people who binge listen to this. Binge listen. Is that a thing? Binge listen? Because I, I know binge watch, but binge listen, I guess. Anyway, people that are binging out there, if you're binging right now and you're on episode 38, please don't forget to um, go to the bathroom once in a while, eat, and sleep. Because if you're listening uh, you know, straight through and you're on the 38th hour and you have not slept yet, I think you need some sleep, man. Because this will be here when you wake up. And there might be even more when you wake up. And also, if you're binging, do not operate heavy machinery. Okay? That's it. That's my advice. There you go. Do not operate heavy machinery. Do not drive. Uh, all right, so we're live on the page. Facebook.com slash Central. Also in the group, facebook.com slash groups slash Central is where you find us, and coverbandcentral.com. You can still sign up. We are still not live, but we are making more progress, buddy. Chonk is on it, and uh, we are on it. We, we're, uh, I, I bought some extensions since I last spoke to you for the website, which is going to make it more like a social media site. It's going to include where you can do an Instagram f- Instagram f- feed where you can show your Instagram photos right within your profile and some other cool doodads and whatnots. And we've worked out a lot of the bugs, fixed the stuff that really just wasn't working. So I, I'm, I'm confident that this will be uh, live and launched in September. I just can't say what date right now, but I'm saying September. We're just going for it. We're doing it. So that's uh, that's fun. It's fun. Exciting. Good stuff. Good times. NPR Radio. Good times. Good times. Learn about wisdom. Mm. So what's going on with you, my brother? Oh, a little of this, a little of that. Gearing up for a gig this weekend for Labor Day Outdoor Beach Party. Should be really? exciting. Outdoor yeah. beach party. Why am I not there for that? that just because you're in New Orleans and it's in New Jersey. <laughs> Probably. Tell me about this outdoor beach party. Let, let me live vicariously through you. So Smoke Rise is a big private community up here, uh, like gated community. And every year they have this big beach party for Labor Day. Fireworks, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, outdoors, big giant tent on the beach. They set up the riser. Um... You know, it's great. Pull up. The, the only, the only, you know, the only challenge or downside to the entire gig is that you have to carry your stuff like a hundred yards across the beach. Ooh, that's hard. To get to to get to the the, the setup, you know. Which beach did you say it was? It's it's a private beach. It's in um it's in Kinalon in Smoke Rise. Kinalon. Uh, Lake Kinalon. Ooh, that is a nice area of New Jersey. Anybody does yeah. not know that. Beautiful little secluded Rich like retreat, area, private community, and then uh, they feed us. You know, they they they, they give us uh, treat us well. But the good thing is, then there's massive fireworks at the end of the evening, and then by that time the beach is fairly cleared out. So then it's easy to drive your vehicle onto the beach, you know, and over to the stage to load out. But load in, um, you know, there's so many people, it's it's packed. Um, and, you know. They open the beach like nine o'clock in the morning. I think we play like four to eight or four to five to nine, something like that. So it's later in the afternoon. But by the time we get there, it's already you know the beach is very well already you know 
populated with beachgoers. So you actually have to traverse on sand for 100 yards with your gear? Yes. Oh, man. Because walking on sand, yes, carrying you nothing is... Cart, nothing, right? Yeah. You just got to get up and go. The good thing is that we have full-blown pro sound, so we don't have to bring any PA with us. So that's a plus. So oh, we there you go. Load, okay. Just get our gear on the stage and get set up, and then sound and lights is, is coming right. separately. But you're a drummer, and you're a drummer that likes to play a lot of drums. <laughs> so that, like, I, I've, I, I'm, I'm playing... Um, I'm playing five-piece kit now. You know, I got snare, kick snare. Okay. And then uh, two racks on the floor, two crashes ride, hat, china, and that's it. So I'm traveling light nowadays. But can you manage a 100-yard walk through sand, which is hard to walk on with carrying nothing, carrying all that gear in one trip? Can you make that in one trip? No. It's um, it's six trips. (laughs) Six trips. (laughs) Yeah, or five trips because... First trip would be like the cymbal backpack and the bass drum. Second trip might be uh, my other backpack with all this, my uh, cables and mics in it, and then uh, the drum rug and two toms. Third trip might be floor tom and um, something else I'm missing, but I, I could do it. Th- this gig will be four or five trips. That is but great. yeah, it, it can't be done in one trip. Oh, no, I'm sorry. And then, yeah, the solo trip is the hardware bag, um, which is 200 pounds. So that, that is not going to want to roll through the sand. So I have to figure that one out. I may bring my beach cart from the beach, my little mini beach cart, and put it under the back of the hardware case and then wheel it through the sand that way. I don't understand why it's 2018, why we don't have jetpacks yet, personal jetpacks. Because if you had a personal jetpack, that would be easy. Or a teleporter. I could just set the drums up in my house yeah. and then teleport them there and they'd be done. Just beam me over and beam me back. Or I could have Brody to set it all up for me. But Well, you could just beam your equipment. You, didn't, you don't even have to touch it. You just beam correct. the stuff over. Just, or I could just mentally project my part <laughs> musically and not have to bring an instrument. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Sit in a chair with nothing around you and play drums. No, you do it at you do it at home. You have your mega kit set up at home, and you have the Tony hologram on the beach. <laughs> That's correct. That is playing the parts on the mega kit, and you can hear, and you're playing it in real time with the band. That would be key. I think that's got to come. I think if you think about, if you think of it, you can make it. So it's eventually, we're going to have the ability to play gigs from home and just project yes. our hologram at the the club. But back to reality, it's, yeah, it's five <laughs> trips. It's five trips through the sand. Back to reality, yes. And, and I may be exaggerating. It's not quite a hundred yards, but it's probably two hundred to two hundred and twenty-five feet from the parking lot to the stage on the beach. So okay. it's it's still far. It's probably you know sure sixty, seventy, eighty yards. Not quite the football field length, but it's close. Yeah, but walking like it's a list, though, right? You're walking through sand, yeah, beach well, sand. So like being the beach, and you're dressed, so you have like socks and sneakers on. You know, it's not like flip flops or bare feet. Right. Yeah, walking in sand is just challenging because there's no, it's not level. It's the, it gives, and it, it you're not sure which way it's gonna go, and you just you can't really walk a straight line. Correct. But being the dedicated drummer that I am, that you are, I don't go out and just bring kick, snare, hat, you know, and a, a rack and a ride. Of course not. Why would you? Um, 
so I, I mean, I, you said it, but the event, it's, it's a private party for what, what, yeah. what's the occasion? It, it's just a... It's for, it's Labor Smoke Rise um, Labor Day weekend party. So it's right. put on by Smoke Rise, um, you know, board of trustees or whatever it is. And it's like a corporate <laughs> gig, you know. What is Smoke Rise? That's a company? Smoke Rise is that gated community. It's called oh, Smoke Rise oh, okay. at Kinalon. So gotcha. it's, it's Smoke Rise Foundation or Smoke Rise uh, Association. I forget what, you know, what the exact name okay. is, but it is Smoke Rise, and it's in Kinalon. It's this Saturday. So if you live in New Jersey, um, unfortunately, you won't be able to That's go because private. private party. <laughs> I can't come. Sorry. <laughs> You're in New Jersey on Saturday. Look for something to do. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't do that because it's private. You won't be able to get in because it's a gated community. Uh, That's the thing, too. Like, if you want to bring a guest, you have to call ahead. They have to be on a list. You know, you have to get, like, a a voucher for them. You can't just roll up to the gate and be like, yo, man, I'm here for the band. They're like, no, no, you're not. Right, right. That Well, that keeps out the the unsavory folk. The riffraff. The riffraff, right. Well, it is their, like, it is their Smoke Rise thing. So I have friends that live in Smoke Rise, believe it or not. I have have business associates. I have some people. So I do have some people coming who are, like, looking forward to to coming and hanging out. But they live there, you know. So they, as part of their dues to live there, you know, it's open to everybody. So you can just roll up, you know, because it's cool because Smoke Rise is, like, its own real private, like, town within a town. Right. Like, they have fire department, their own police department. They have their own, like, public safety thing. They have their own lifeguards. It's it's you know it's their own general store. Um, you know it's it's you don't really have to leave there if you live there. So you you can get everything. You, you know they do all the you know snow plowing and road service and maintenance. There's like a, a gas station. There's um, you know m- mechanic. So it's it's right. all you know secluded and private to the community. Right. But um, it's very cool. Like I said, they have a big fireworks show at the end. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome environment. You're on the beach, you're by the, the lake. Uh, we used to play it every single year and then their budget got cut or something. And then it went, you know, back, back and forth. And so we haven't played there in like four, maybe four or five years. And then we're back this year. So it should be fun. Nice. A good paying, I would imagine. Yeah. Excellent pay and a uh, good time. Looking forward to it. So cool. it should be a good time. Cool. Yeah. Kenalon is a beautiful area. It's a very rich area for in North New Jersey. Um, I never played there, but I did have, I had a friend who I, and I stayed at his house as drummer when I was on tour in 2012, I want to say, uh, somewhere around there. And, uh, yeah, really like just gorgeous houses and, and it's, so this, the beach is, it, the water is lake, I would imagine, right? Cause it's not on the ocean, right? It's a lakefront type of thing. Correct. No, no oceans in Kinawa. Yes, there's no oceans. <laughs> Drink the ocean, I mean, though, New Jersey's yeah. close to the well, Atlantic Ocean. You're, you're the ocean. New Jersey's on the Atlantic Ocean, but not all of New Jersey is on the Atlantic Ocean. Unless you have a tsunami. Then, then yes, it's all in on the Yes, in which case, then that would be uh, like a typhoon. Yes. Uh, very cool. Very cool. I look forward to hearing about that next week. About that Yeah, it should too. be good. And uh, I believe so. That the, I be- also believe that the sound uh, company, this guy Rich, is also able to record right out of the back of his board into his hard drive. So he probably will record the entire gig. Oh, cool. Which is always cool, you know? Cool. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I always highly recommend people record all of their gigs, um, even if it's just for personal consumption or, or personal education. Recording is good. I played... Uh, 
Saturday, or no, Friday, I played in Alabama again with this band I've played with now half dozen times or so. And uh, Smoky Bar, Smoky Pool Table, Podunk Bar in Alabama. And I've played there now three, three or four times. Three, at least, yeah, I want to say three times. And fun gig, fun band. You know, they're not, uh, they're not as experienced. Uh, but, but those guys actually do play around Mississippi and the Gulf Coast in other bands and stuff. So they, they kind of know what they're doing. Um, but um, that's the last time I'm going to be playing with them for a while now because of Cover Band Central stuff. And they don't have a lot of gigs booked anyway. But they have, like, speaking of, like, recording and stuff, first of all, the, the, the singer's wife comes out all the time, every gig, and she records basically the whole night on her, on her iPhone. And, you know, iPhone recordings aren't necessarily the best recordings you want to go for, but they still, they're still pretty good. Like, technology has come a long way, man. You still, the st sound is, is even... And the picture quality is really good. And, uh, uh, you know, she posts them all the time. But the, the band has an extravagant, I want to say an extravagant for the bar, light show. And just visual show. He's got the, 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 the spotlights, thing, the, the things that the, the lights that turn in, in different directions or, or go in different ways. And like lasers. And he's got smoke machines. And it looks... And then he's got this uh, a laptop hook up, hooked up to the TV that was behind us and with the logo flashing and twisting around and stuff. Visually, just looks really, really good for, especially for that kind of a gig. That's very cool stuff. Yeah. I, I just had to cough, so you got to fill in the coughing holes. <laughs> I don't have a cough button here. Um, so, but... Uh, fun stuff and it's uh you know i i wouldn't i wouldn't say that that's a primary thing that people need to focus on however i think it really does aid in in your presentation especially with the social media thing because um you know you only have so many people that are at your gig but you have a, a far wider reach available to you afterwards when you record it and you can and if it looks visually really good and it's a good song and it's it's performed well enough that's going to that's going to do good for you that's going to take you it's going to take you places man so i i applaud the effort that he has been putting in for visually making it look you know just fantastic you know it looks you would never looking at the video you would never know what the actual venue looks like um, it's the, the video makes it look much better. Uh, Chunk has joined us. He said, yo, guys. So, yo, back to you, Chunk. Uh, do you guys do, uh, do you have your own light thing set up or, or do you just uh, go with whatever venue is happening? Say again, what? <coughs> oh, I keep coughing. Do you have your own light show thing set up or... or do you just go with whatever's happening at the venue? No, we have lights. Um, you know, we have two two trees, two towers, a bunch of, um, you know, like freestanding spotlights, colors on them, you know, that can go on the ground. You can position them around wherever you need to. Um, and then we, ha we have some other lights that we had on the, on the towers themselves, like some chasers for the floor or like those flowery looking lights, you know. And um, 
foot pedal that changes the colors and whatnot. So it definitely, or, you know, you can program it to change the moods. But, um, yeah, definitely. We, we, we usually always bring lights with us. Um, but now that, like I said, for this gig with the PA and the sound, he'll be bringing a similar type of light setup, but mainly just some, some trees, you know, right. the, the LED four light trees, you know, you can, they're built in program. They can be red, blue, green, um, multicolored, and then you can adjust them a bunch of different ways, uh, you know, to put the light where you want it. But typically, yeah, because especially outdoors, as soon as it starts getting dark, there's no lights out there, you know? Right. So being under the tent, it, it definitely, um, but I'm a big fan of, of the visual aspect. Like I, I like a lot of stuff like smoke machines and lights and, you know, I, I guess, you know, that's good. That'd be a good question for some feedback for, uh, people that are listening as a drummer. I'm used to bringing a lot of stuff, you know, sure. but I've observed in all my years of playing that guitar players, keyboard players, bass players, they don't bring a lot of stuff. They bring the bare minimum stuff. <laughs> the bare minimum. And you, yeah, and when you speak about like, let's bring lights and let's bring, let's make it into a real show and a performance and make it like really killer. It's always like, oh, it's so much stuff to bring and you gotta set it up, you know. And you know, when Kel was in the band, he would bring all that stuff and he was so enthusiastic and so psyched about it. And of course, you know, he and I were always the first ones to arrive and the last ones to leave because of the amount of gear that we would bring. Right. Um, you know, so I'm always a big proponent of like, if we're bringing a PA, let's bring two subs, two mains, the board, monitors. You know, if we're using in ears, great. But like, if you're playing an outdoor gig, let's not bring one sub and you know two 12 inch mains and like gimp through because we don't want to carry equipment. You know, sure. Because yeah. by the time it's all set up and you're putting on a show, it should be just that a show. You know, and like when we used to play with Eye of the Storm, we would bring a van full of gear. You know. And we would load, you know, we rehearsed it at, at my house, and everyone would come to my house before the gig. We would load everything into the van together as a band, you know, the entire PA, all the lights, all the cables, all the the mega kit, the the Marshall stacks, the Harky stacks, the key everything, keyboard, keyboard amps, monitors. I mean, we would load it to the gills. Then we would get to the gig, we would set it all up, get it all up and running, play the gig, break it all down, and then. You know, at four o'clock in the morning, get back to my house and unload the entire truck back into the basement. Right, that's a lot of work. But what's the point it's in having work? But it, it was worth it because yeah, when you're at the gig, it was killer. You know, it sounded great. It was all pro. I mean, you know, you had everything that you could imagine bringing. You know, it was like going to Madison Square Garden to, to play like a bar. You know, and we would roll up with with this truckload of stuff, and and guys would be like, "You're you guys are insane. Like you're out of your mind bringing all this stuff." The light shows, you know. Um, the, the bass player in that band, Tom McNeil, his brother, Bill McNeil, was a, uh, this genius inventor guy who had a, a, a killer light show. But he would make like he'd put a battery controlled mirror on the ceiling, like clip it to something on the ceiling and it would spin in a certain way. And then he had a laser that he would shoot at it. And because of the way it was spinning in the angle, it would create a cone around the lead singer cool. of laser light. Cool. And you're talking like, you know, this is back in late 80s, early 90s. And I mean, we were going to places and, and playing these shows. I mean, I got videos of it where it was, you know, people were just, they didn't know what to even make of it. It was it was so beyond, you know, the first band would go on with like 
gimp equipment and kind of half-assed stuff and broken down drum set and then we would roll up like like say like we're playing the garden you know right and it, you know it, it really set us apart so if anything it, it establishes your identity like you know we and like <laughs> we actually played gigs where we used to bring giant tube televisions with us like 36 inch tube tvs out of like you know my friend mike's like living room and my other buddy's living room, you know, and set them up at the gig and then put stuff through them because there was no screens or projectors. You know, you're talking, like I said, it's like late 80s, you know, it's like a 36-inch tube television. You know how big that is? Like, you oh, can yeah. only fit it in the backseat of your car. Yeah. Then they you were carry heavy. it in. It's like this monstrosity. And you're setting it up on like a, a folding table or something, you know? Um, but that, it was the effort of doing it. It was the passion, the charisma, the excitement, enthusiasm to do it. Like, you know, you didn't, get, you didn't care you were getting paid 100 bucks, you know, because you were living like a rock star. And then when you, you put on the show, it was second to none. Like nobody was doing that, you know? Right. And it was just really cool. And now it seems like, you know, everyone's just like the least amount of stuff you can bring the better, you know? So it's like kind of counterintuitive if you think about it, because you're going there to put on a show. Um, you know, so you, you want to bring as much stuff as you can to make the show as great as possible. And you want to bring the right sound system so the band sounds killer. Because the band could be killer. And if your sound system sounds like an AM radio, it's just not going to translate, you know? Yeah. Um, Chonk is saying, he, he, has, he said, we have a light curtain with custom animations that we use pretty much every gig. Easy to hang and run and really makes an impact. We're kind of known for it. No one else has one. That's pretty cool. I, I'd like to see video of that if you have a chunk. If you could, uh, uh, you know, tag me in something or send it to me, I'd like to check that out because that that sounds like a cool idea. Um, <coughs> yeah, visual makes a difference, and why you know if you're gonna have all this gear, if you're gonna have two subs, you use your two subs, you know, and yeah, that's just no excuse to uh, to not uh, bring it just because you don't feel like carrying it because yeah. It's part of the deal. Chong said a good PA is mandatory. Sure is. Sure is. We we and we were lucky enough. Uh, this with this band, you know, I've played a bunch of gigs with them, but this last gig that I played with them the other day, sound-wise, it was the best that it's ever been. And we have a, a new sound man there, and pretty much knows what he's doing. He stays and pays attention, and he doesn't get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> which is the problem we had with the other sound guy. He was just getting hammered. Yeah, that's never a good thing. Yeah, and, and not focusing on uh, the job at hand and and just the constant feedback and all the time. And, and uh, so we, we were not getting that on uh, on Friday. It was sound-wise, it was really good. And I'm kind of going to kind of miss playing with those guys. I like playing those kind of gigs. I still like playing... You know, just the down and dirty, we're playing Judas Priest and a smoky bar band. You know, that's, that's still fun for me. Um, it was just, for me, it's just a hike, though. It was, you know, it's two or two and a half, almost two and a half hour drive one way. And playing 10 to 2 and then, you know, not leaving until almost 3 and then getting home at like 5 a.m. It's just uh, getting too old for this shit. Um, but uh, we'll, we will cross paths again eventually, I'm sure. Chuck uh, said his PA has gotten smaller, better sounding, more powerful, and more expensive 
over the years. Yeah, smaller and more powerful is good. Of course, better sounding. And with that will always come more more expensive. But worth it. Some people, uh, have you seen the bands that use like, or I don't know if I've seen bands doing it, but uh, solo performers using the Bose systems? Yes, I have seen a couple bands using that. Band, you've seen like full bands using them? N no, more like trios or acoustic guys or single guys. And um, someone did tell me that they did. They knew someone with a band who was using that with some limited success. It has like two little mini subs, and it worked okay, I guess, for an, you know an indoor venue. But like that's the thing. Like you know, as soon as you're outdoors or in a bigger venue, you you need, um, you know, you need the bottom, right? You need the subs, right? And, you know, many sound guys have told me over the years, like, you know, your placement of the PAs is semi-important and the gear that you bring with the most important thing is that you have enough bottom to round out so that you can feel the kick drum, you know, and you have to bring yeah. two subs for that or, you know, a mammoth sub. And, you know, I can remember playing um, gigs through, you know, uh, Yorkville subs with two twelves in them. And I've also played gigs with, you know, um, like... Uh, Turbo sound 18s or or twin 18s, you know. And when you have big speakers pushing air like that, I mean, there's nothing like it, you know. I agree. The band sounds fat and full, and the kick drum sounds big and boomy, and it projects, you know. And it's just like I said again, it gets back to bringing the right gear and and, and bringing enough gear, you know, because you try to just limp through the gig so you can make as much money as possible, and you know, and the sound suffers because of it. So I've always been a big proponent of, like I said, you know, bringing the right PA. And the Bose thing, like I said, would probably work okay, you know, for a band, but I have not seen a full band use it, although I've seen, like I said, um, smaller duos and trios and even single uh, performers use it. And it sounds killer, you know, but there's no yeah. drums, there's no keyboards, there's no, you know, horn sections, there's not a lot of stuff pumping right, through it. Right, right, right. I was just thinking that that's a much easier way to transport a PA because those, those Bose towers are relatively light and, um, you know, easy to store and transport. Um, I worked at Guitar Center for a while and they were selling them there. Uh, but I never used them myself. But I, I'm with you. I like pushing air. I'm a bass player. I like big cabinets, big fat sounds subs i like shaking the foundation big time we used to have this guy nate who was our sound man he used to say cracking the concrete <laughs> she's shaving some heads melting some faces yeah cracking concrete got so much bottom that you're cracking concrete <laughs> i like it you know remember back in the day too there was plenty of clubs that had the house sound you know yep like cricket club and um most of the Rec places I remember playing, they had big mammoth sound systems, Lamore in Brooklyn, you know, yeah, you'd, yeah. you'd go there to play and they had a sound guy, even uh, there was a place, uh, Jay Mallory's in Closter, Mark was the sound guy and same thing, killer system, house system, all set up, lived there all the time, you know, never taken apart, never unplugged, dialed into the room, you'd play there, man, and it was just, it was, it was awesome, you know, yeah. the band sound great, you could hear everything, you hear everybody, it wasn't overly loud, but it was fat. Yeah, yeah. Most of the gigs I played early in my career, I had house PA's. I I didn't have to bring a PA. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I never told this story, and I should tell this story because it's it's humorous. 
um, the it was the third gig that I ever played, and it was the first quote unquote big gig that I ever played, and I was sixteen. I'm gonna say my first gig was at a community center in Montville, New Jersey. And then my second gig was a New Year's Eve party at somebody's house, which was fantastic. That's when I was like, because my first gig ever was like, it was a little uncomfortable. My parents were there, you know, and like, and it was a community center as a kid, you know, and it was, and we were playing, we're, we're wearing spandex and we're playing Twisted Sister and, and Wasp and Motley Crue and, um, kiss and and so did that so i mean that was and that was my first time really on stage ever in front of an audience but then the second one the party was just so relaxed everybody's drinking you know i'm underage but i'm drinking and you know there's girls everywhere that was great but my third gig was at montville high school and uh we had we had to get a pa and we none of us had any clue on how to do that like and how to run a PA, like any anything about it. So I asked this friend of mine, this guy uh, in high school, Dave Kelsey, who was a drummer, because um, he said he had some knowledge of it. So we went to Long McQuaid, which was the music store in, in Parsippany, New yeah. Jersey at the yep. time. Yeah, up by Denville, right? No, it was on 46 in Parsippany. Um, and we went and rented a PA, and then we had this guy Dave come and run it, and it just none of us had any clue how to set it up, but we we eventually did get it set it up so, set up so that we were making sound and and we started the show and there were maybe twenty people there if we were lucky in in the the auditorium of the school <clears throat> and uh, my mom was there my grandmother was there my brother and like you know it was just that and we got into the third song and. The PA just completely shut off. It was just done, and I think we smelled something burning, um, and we, we, that was it. That was it. We were done. That was the end of the show. <laughs> we played three songs um, because it was just we we didn't have a PA anymore. And then we had to, we rented this thing. We had to go return it to the music store, and I don't remember getting in any sort of trouble for it or having to pay any sort of extra or anything but we clearly didn't know what we were doing so i was lucky after that that most of the gigs that i played in the the subsequent years were gigs where there were clubs that had a pa and had somebody that knew how to run it uh, you, you ever have anything smoke at your <laughs> your gig or uh, oh yeah up? dude i mean <laughs> I mean, we've had power go out many times or circuit breakers blow up. And that's the great thing about drums. You know, you can keep playing and do drum solo while they figure it out. Um, sure. Because, you know, you're not limited by the power that everyone else is because the drums have the power. Right. But um, I can remember playing a gig, and like I said, you know, I remember um, doing a gig at the um, Wingman Motorcycle Club biker clubhouse 500 people bikes you know rowdy crazy you know stage built in the backyard in between houses it was like their clubhouse you know and uh we were playing there with a bunch of bands and 
uh, Craig Marcus was my guitar player at the time, and he was plugged his amp in and went to play. He had a 5150 Eddie Van Halen amp, and he played, you know, the first couple of days, and all of a sudden it was going, and then it was no noise. That was it. The amp was completely dead. So he's checking, he's looking at it, he can't figure it out. I saw a puff of smoke come out the back of it, you know? So I said to him, dude, this, I just saw smoke come out the back of your amp. There's definitely a problem there, right? You, know, you got to turn it off. And he's like, turn it off, there's not even any power. So he turns it off, and he takes the um, the fuse out of the back, and the fuse is blown. Okay. So he says, ah, and in the fuse holder, genius, right? There's a spare fuse, in, you know, in the fuse holder that inserts into the thing, there's also a compartment with a spare fuse in it. Sure. So backup fuse. So he's like, oh. Awesome, dude. I have a spare fuse right here. Hook it right up, puts it in, puts it back in the thing, turns the, the knob for the fuse, clicks it in, turns the amp on, all the lights come on. He's like, ah, oh, thank God. <laughs> Smoke comes out the back of the amp again, and it shuts off. So I definitely know there's something wrong with the amp. I'm like, dude, you got smoke signals coming out the back of your amp again. So the, the one guy who's there, he's like, ah, oh, dude, don't worry about it, man. Just put, like, a gum wrapper in there, a piece of tinfoil, bypass <laughs> yeah. that fuse. And he's like, really? And I'm like, no, dude, you do not want to do that because the fuse is blowing for a reason. If you stick a Wrigley's, you know, silver <laughs> gum wrapper or a piece of... Yeah, let me just chew this piece of double mint for you, and I'll give you... <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. Hey, man, just take this guitar string and bend it up and shove it in the <laughs> hole there. So... Uh, so he opted not to do that because I'm sure the amp would have caught on fire, you know, but it didn't. So, mm-hmm. then, so then he used someone else's amp. But, of course, it wasn't like the 5150 or at that time he may even had like a modeling amp or something, but it wasn't his sound, you know. Right. So his robust, big wall of sound turned into like... <laughs> so he struggled through the gig. Another time I played a gig, same thing, guitar player, brand new amp, all excited about it, puts it up on the stage, he's all pumped, he can't, you know, he's so excited, he's got his new amp and stuff like that. At some point during the gig, the bass player had too much to drink, put a full pitcher of beer on top of the amp, and then was rocking out with his eyes closed and shaking the whole drum riser and the whole stage we were on, and the beer was just spilling all over the guy's amp. By the time I saw it, the pitcher was half empty, and same thing, he's playing, and all of a sudden... Shuts off, smoke comes out the back, brand new amp, turns around, guy almost had a heart attack. He was like, oh, my God, my amp. He's like ready to cry. And he could not resurrect it. He had to take it somewhere to get it fixed. So the gig was over. Oh, man. That that smell when electronics are burning is unmistakable. When when you you could just, uh, as soon as you catch that, it's kind of like a... When you, when you smell, a, uh, when you're driving and, and somebody had blown a tire and you can smell it from a mile away, like that. You're know, they're trying with their emergency brake on. Or, <laughs> yeah, right. Go back to another Wisdom Hour to hear that story. I wish I knew which number it was. I don't know. Yeah, but um, good stuff. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've witnessed some sort of debacles where things have caught on fire or smoked or, you know, blown up or not worked properly. Um yeah. But never where it burst into flames where someone had to put it out. Yeah, you know? I've but never seen that. I had it once with a bass amp. I had like a solid state bass amp, and I, I clearly did not know what I was doing. And I plugged in, uh, I think, uh, like an amp head into. I was trying to plug an amp head into the speaker of the solid state bass amp, and I probably plugged in something wrong. I don't know, but I, it was working. And then. 
then that smell came that that electronics burning smell came oh yeah and then then just not working anymore um and that's the only time that i made that mistake so we learn you know we live we learn we learn as we go always try to bring spare stuff with you sure you can't you know but like for a pa if you have your own pa you know a good rule of thumb is like if you have a 12 inch main get that same matching speaker as the 12 inch monitor right this way in the event that one of your mains blows out you have another one you can quickly put up and put up on on there you know right yeah you don't want mains blowing out no because if you bring your own pa you know and a component craps out you're in trouble right so like you know we always used we you know we always brought an extra main and an extra board you know just a spare board just in case like a backup board you know it just right. lived in someone's trunk and it was always there and it wasn't as robust as the, or main board but it was enough where you could get through the gig if you had to quickly you know right and extra cables yeah extra cables milk crates full of cables things like that um you know no different than bringing spare drum heads or spare you know strings or anything you would need to to limp through the gig or get through it right because if something like that lets go then you don't have any way to you know to, to salvage it you're in trouble like if your board craps right. out and you're you know that's all you brought you know um the gig's over right there's no way to that's limp it. through it yeah the, you know i noticed that when we did um a gig not too long ago with with again with richie the sound man who's going to be doing our sound uh, at a uh, smoke rise he showed up to the gig with a giant van and he had three or four different PA systems in the van, you know, wow. from modules to mixers. But remember, nowadays, it's not like a mixing board like we would use, like a, a Mackie or a Carvin or something or a PV, you know, or a sound desk of some sort or, um, y- you know, now it's 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 almost like a snake box, right? Right. And you plug everything into it and then there's, you know, it it's, goes into a laptop and then you have a wireless controller. So he's walking out front with like an iPad mixing the band. Um you know, and there's no more mixing boards, so to speak. It's a, it's a, a interface, you know. Yeah, I mean, there is a, in some cases for like for the gig I played on Friday, the guy had a, a, a digital mixing board. But, yeah, but yeah. We, we have one. we just bought the X32 not yeah. too long ago. Yeah, but which yeah. is you know it's killer. But his point was saying like, I have six or eight subs. You know, I have four different sets of subs. I have four different sets of mains. Right. Depending on, you know, he assesses the conditions of the gig when he gets there and then chooses his appropriate gear to best support the venue. Right. And that that's pro, man. That's killer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's some wisdom for our wisdom hour is to always oh, yeah. have always have more than you need. Always have backups for the things that you might need backups for. You know, I always carry, you know, extra cables, um, like I'll go so far as an extra tuner just in case my tuner dies um, yeah uh, and even for drummers like quickly to change over you know I always bring an extra pedal and a snare so you can quickly switch that out if you have an issue with that right and then a replacement head for every drum right guitar players should should always have strings um, you know multiple sets of strings with them um, Bass players, not so much. I've never, in 35 years, never broken a string. So I... I wow. You must not be playing very hard. I'm not. I'm not. I'm subtle. I'm, it's it's all about the, the nuance. <laughs> I don't, you know... I mean, it's hard to break a... It's hard to break a bass string. Like, even if I tried yeah. to break a, break a bass string, it would be hard for me to do. And 
there's no reason for me to play that hard on a bass to, to play music where to the point where I would break a string. So I never carry extra strings. And actually, it's rare for me in New Orleans to bring an extra bass. I just bring the one bass I'm going to use for the night. Um, and I've never had any problems with that. So I don't feel the need. But, but there cables I've had problems with, so I bring extra cables. You know, tuners have crapped out, so I bring an extra tuner. Um, uh, 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 oh, DI boxes. I have two DI boxes that I bring with me. Uh, what else? Extra of anything I need um, for, for the swamp anyway. It depends on the gig, too. It depends on where it is and what the gig is and what, what my extra stuff will be to bring. But uh, like, like for the, the Alabama gig the other night, I had two amps with me. I had one cabinet and two, two different amps. So that's uh, prepared and uh, well enough for me, I think. And I've never needed the second amp, so. But it's good to have it. You always want to be prepared. Absolutely. Uh, it's better to have it. Otherwise, you, like I said, you're stuck, you know? It's yeah. too late once you're at the gig and you don't have something. Yep. Um, too late. You know, and there's been times when you forget to bring something and you just hope that, you know, not, nothing, you know, nothing goes bad. But I've also played gigs where the first note of the first song, the beater went right through the bass drum head. Right. You know, and luckily at the time it's playing dull bass kit, so just, you know, use the other bass drum and then at the next available break you switch it out. Right. But it's your responsibility not only for yourself but for the rest of your band because if something screws up with you and your instrument and you the band can't play, then you know you're on the hook for the rest of the band. So you don't want to be that guy. No, you definitely want to be that that guy. That guy. That guy, because that guy doesn't keep his job very long. Yeah, but it happens all the time. I mean, I remember sure. playing a venue, and um, Transatlantic was playing the, the, the same venue, and it was, you know, it was Dream Theater guys. It was Mike Portnoy, and it was Jordan Rudess, and it was um, it's like a side project, you know? And halfway through the, the, their set... Um, you know, uh, John Petrucci's amp, his Marshall stack, same thing. Like, smoke came out the back and it stopped working. You know, and he had some backup gear with him so he was able to switch it out. But, um, you know, it happens at all levels. Sure, yeah, all levels. <clears throat> but that's part, part of being a pro, like you said, with the sound guy with six or eight, you know, pairs of, uh, you know, six or eight subs. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a pro, and that's what pros do. So if you want to be a pro, learn what the pros do and do that. It's that easy. It really is. Yeah, and you don't have to bring a tractor trailer worth of gear, but just smart choices on things that you know you, you, you may need and that you can quickly switch out. You know, sometimes things go bad, and you can't switch them out immediately. You know, if you had a single bass drum with a double pedal on it, and you blew through the head in the first song, you would have to change the head as quickly as you could. Right. Right on the spot. There would be no way to continue. Right. Do you have songs for contingencies like that? Like specific songs? <laughs> you know, funny you should say that. Um, we, we had in the past have had some songs, but what we have had discussions of late of what to do if, you know, 
what song to play if the guitar player string is broken or he needs to change his guitar or he needs a couple of minutes to do something, you know? And what what is the song could you play, you know? And what is the answer? And I've suggested Lowrider. Low right? Rider. Yeah. Hurry do, up do, and change do, that string. Do, 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 do. We we this use one. we have a standard song that we use in New Orleans if the guitar player breaks a string. There is a standard Bourbon Street song, and I'm going to let you guess. Because what it might be? Yes, what it m- might be. A song that does not have guitar in it, that is popular and um, easy, and um, it, it's kind of a cover band song, cover band staple song that I would say that can include guitar. Like a guitar player could come in and play it and color it and make it sound cool. But it does not have guitar in the song. What song is it? Stump the drummer. Where's my, where's my thing? I need to get a Jeopardy thing, uh, Jeopardy yeah. theme thing on my phone here. So I well, I would have said Lowrider because that's an easy <clears throat> pick right there, right? It's just keyboards and bass. You can get totally through with that. Um, it would have to be a Stump bass. the drummer. Yeah. There you go. Um. <clears throat> all right, I, I'll 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 give you hints as we go, but I'm gonna let you think. All right, what's hint number one? Hint number one is it's a shuffle beat. That is your first hint. That's a good first hint because it doesn't give too much away, but it tells you something. A shuffle beat with no drums. Chunk said take a walk on the wild side and that's a good suggestion but that's not what we do and then he said her big bottom (laughs) 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 which is spinal tap of course and all bass and drums but uh yeah it's it's a shuffle beat that starts with it starts with bass and drums and continues with bass and drums since there's no guitar yes but the song starts just Primarily, uh, or yeah, just exclusively bass and drums, and then the vocals come in. Roadhouse Blues. No. I gotta get my buzzer out. <laughs> I can't get my buzzer. I got it. Got the buzzer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm drawing a blank. I'll be honest with you. I, nothing comes to mind. All right. I will give you another hint. The band is a three-named band. Three names of their band. Three names? Like Three Dog Night? Right. But it's not Three Dog Night. No, no, but like that. Right. I, I don't know, dude. I really I have no idea. Uh, okay. Let's see if I can come up with one more hint. Last clue, and then we will reveal it. Right, yes. Um, um, I'm trying to think of a clever, funny clue. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's not amazing. It's not some kind of amazing or some kind of spectacular or some kind of fantastic. Some sort of wonderful. So it's some kind of some kind of. You just said it. Some kind of wonderful. 
some kind of wonderful. Starts with yeah, shovel. I don't need a whole lot's money. Yeah, that one. That is a good one. That is our staple. The guitar player broke a string song that we play here in New Orleans. And I sing it sometimes. If if there's nobody on stage that can that knows it and can sing it, then I'll sing it. But I sing it a whole step down because I can't. I can sing it in the, the original key, which is D, but it's really rough on my voice. See, I thought maybe Lido Shuffle, because you could sneak that by with no guitar if you had I don't to. know that song. What is that song? Sure you do. starts off Shuffle with bass. Lido missed the boat that day. He left the shack. Lido. Oh, you okay, know. okay, okay. Boss Gags. Yeah. That's not one that we do. But Some Kind of Wonderful is so easy. It's because it's just a, a one, four, five, basically, song. And everybody knows it. So that is our, our go-to song when the, the, uh, baseball, or when the guitar player breaks a string. Yeah, so I guess you need a go-to song like for, for every member of the band, right? If they need a minute. I, I guess. An issue with something. I guess. I, I mean, we don't really have a song for, for no bit. Well... For no bass, we don't really have a song, but we do have a song for no bass and drums. Um, when in New Orleans, when Sean and I have to pee, so we have a we have to pee song. Which and what is the pee? <coughs> it is um, "What's Up" by Four Non Blondes. You know what? I swear I was going to say that because I was thinking of the whole intro. Done the stump the drummer. Strumming away. Yeah. And I, I, we we will kind of feel it out. We'll we'll go, uh, you know, go pee, and and then if we have to get to the bar and get a drink or something, we'll do that. And then we'll jump in mid song. And it's always different when we jump in, but we always can just feel where it is and where they are in it, the the singer and guitar player. Uh, but it always works that song. And and I saw a comment today on Carbon Central, somebody talking about that song and how. Well, it always works, and it does. It always works. People sing along with that song all the time. They, yeah, they no, can't help it. They can't help it. They're like zombies. They just have to sing when that song is on. Um, so that's our song. Uh, so, uh, I, I mean, if the, if the drummer... I, I, I suppose you have a lot of options if the drummer needs a minute or two, Right? Because there's a lot of songs that start without drums. Yeah, and dr and songs you could fake with that, that have very like minimal drums in them, you know. Mm. Right. Yeah, you can always fake it if you can keep sort of a rhythm on the the guitar and bass. Keep that downbeat there, then uh, yeah, you can get away with that. But that's stuff you kind of learn as you go too. You don't really plan it ahead of time. Like we don't have. A written list of any of this stuff you just figure it out when it happens like uh-oh but but good to know right good to have in your back pocket so that when emergency comes like that you don't have a minute of dead air like trying to figure something out you know right, right. boom go right into that you know and you're, you keep it flowing the music's going people are are up and dancing like you said if you do uh you know uh, four non blondes tune then people are singing along to it that you know even some kind of wonderful it's a song everybody knows Lowriders the same way, you know, it, it just fits and people, you know, instantly, you know, 
are distracted by it and they're not really paying attention that there's an issue. Right. Yeah, you just got to keep entertaining. You're on stage. People are watching you. They're watching yes, your every you move. Nothing. They're watching your every move. They need you need to be doing something. And we take that for granted here in New Orleans, I think, because we're on stage so often with each other, the same people. And we, it's just I, like, it's, for us, it's just like we're hanging out in our living room. Um, and, you know, um, <clears throat> sometimes not really cognizant of the fact that, hey, everybody's watching us <laughs> and, and watching what we're doing and, and, right. and have an opinion on that and are going to possibly... Uh, react or, or take some action based on what we are doing, whether it be leave or stay and get a drink or, you know, so uh, uh, it, it, we're a little complacent with it, but the, it's the time of year for us here too, where it's very slow still, it's August, like, uh, but we're almost out of it, it's almost football season, which is my favorite time of year, fall. Right around the corner. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to fall too. It's been so much rain here in New Jersey this summer. It's been the rainiest summer, uh-huh. uh, like the past five or ten years. Wow. We get rain every day here in the summer. Every day, at least yeah, at some we've point. Been, we've been right. We've been keeping uh, pace with you, lockstep. Like, um, you know, every week it rains at least three to four days. Um. Out of the past, I'd say, 10 weekends, it's rained seven. Uh, it's supposed to rain this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a washout, but rain every day. Thunderstorms, yeah. scattered thunderstorms, you know, cloudy, overcast. Um, yeah, it's just been it's been really, really rainy. Yeah, no fun. But water is good. But No, no fun. fun. Yeah, no, everything's no green, that's for sure. Everything you know? is very green. So Chonk is, like, commenting on the... Uh, the breaking the string thing he's like or can you just have a spare guitar <laughs> yes you could you could do that that would but make a lot of sense drop detuning or a tune differently right. you know maybe it's just not a backup guitar yeah but yes chonk is, is right that is usually the the easiest thing but the the, the 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 challenge or the conundrum comes to where you break a string on your main guitar you quickly switch it out and put on your backup guitar and somehow you break a string on that guitar too yeah then, uh, then you need to take some action on that. Then you're in trouble. Yes. I can remember one time, too, Jimmy was playing keyboards at a gig, and all of a sudden his keyboard freaked out, and all of the notes shifted on the keys. <laughs> That's great. I've had that happen. You know what I mean? So I've it wasn't like the C was not a, you know, C was a G, and Bs are Cs, and Ds are Fs, <laughs> right, and it right, was right. all jumbled up. It's kind of funny when that happens. I mean, it's... it's yeah. but it was like a malfunction in the keyboard's memory, or, you know, in the in internal... Right. Uh, processor for it right. so there wasn't there was no fixing it you know yeah i've seen that happen in fact like we were just playing last thursday i think and we we played uh on thursdays we have a keyboard player and hold the line was the song we were playing toto's hold the line and it starts with keyboards you know and he started he's yeah and he started playing that intro part and he was playing it perfectly right, but but it was the keyboard was an octave up, so <laughs> it, so it just sounded like a toy piano playing Toto, oh, and it was just it was funny and it went like that through the whole song. Once once the band came in, it wasn't as bad like you couldn't notice it as bad. It wasn't so prominent, but just the fact that the, it starts with keyboards, 
And it was it almost sounded like chopsticks, you know. <laughs> Poor guy. Good and, and, and the guy Good playing right there, huh? Good times right there. Yeah, and and you know it just happens. These are things like the the keyboard player is is a fantastic, amazing, talented musician. So you know it's not his fault. Just things like so that. So of course happen. he pulled out a spare keyboard and quickly changed it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, one in his Mom, back pocket. It's not hour here. It's so tight on the stage. He is stuck in this corner where he's basically trapped. He can't get out unless somebody gets up and moves. Like he, he's got to come past, the, like through the drum riser where the drum throne is, and so the drummer has to get up. You know, he's oh yeah, he's got pass stuck in that corner. So if anybody ever came in like and started like opening fire in the thing, he would have to just hit the floor because he wouldn't be able to get out. Not that I... Why would I say something like that? Because of the thing that happened in <laughs> Jacksonville. In an emergency situation, he would be challenged. Yes, that's what I mean. Uh, if there's a fire, yeah, he's going to have to... Uh, if there's a fire, he'd be knocking shit over and running yeah, outside. Yeah, then you know he could buy another keyboard. He could just knock that one over. Right. Um, After he helped the drummer carry out his gear. Of <laughs> yeah, of course. Let's <laughs> be serious now, right? Come on. Yes, that that is a priority number one. <laughs> Fire rule number one. Yes, help the drummer get his stuff out quickly. Right. Because right, wood man, it burns fast. You know, not as fast as your guys here. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. It's it's very combustible. Yes, extremely. Yeah. And you can use a symbol like a shield, you know, to get through the flames if you need it. Ooh, there you go. Right. I that would get hot though very quickly. Well, it's a charge. You know, everyone grabs a cymbal stand and rallies around the drummer. Two guys pick up the wood pieces and everyone charges out the door. And once you're outside, you know, you can't get back in, so be it. But at least you got the drums out. And the band was able to evacuate safely. Most important. Right. I was looking for a charge sound effect. I don't have one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, my friend. It's one hour and almost All one. All right, brother. Another wisdom minute. hour has come to an end. It was Always a hour. pleasure to part wisdom. Yes, and I didn't even get to a couple things I wanted to talk about, but the, the website, there's so much cool stuff going on. So if you have not signed up yet, go to CoverBandCentral.com and sign up. If you're not on the yeah. page, Facebook.com slash CoverBandCentral. And the group is Facebook.com slash groups slash CoverBandCentral. Come in join the party. It's a lot of fun every day. Some great people in there. And I got, I wanted to tell this story tonight and we couldn't do it, but I'll get to it next week about uh, the, the Cover Band Central community coming together to help out a, a boy who's been bullied a lot lately. So we'll talk about that next week. But keep your eye on the page and stuff. You'll see some info about that too. listening. We will talk to you next week. the American dream, the big house, the happy family, 
the money? 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.